fam, welcome back to part two with my conversation with Pastor Jimmy. Yo, last week was bomb. This week, it gets even better. Welcome to Off Mic with Ivory. I am your host, Ivory McDonald, the pod where we have the off mic conversation, the conversation you want to have, but you can't have it on your platform mic. We do it here. Let's get into this conversation. So we going there. We are going there, Pastor. All right. Pastor Jimmy, mm-hmm. this, I want to talk to, I have so many notes. <laughs> I want the people to see how much notes I have. Well, I, 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 yeah, when you sent me the, uh, uh, the questions, I was like, oh, we going like, to, they're going to have like part A and part B. No facts, like facts. Like I have notes, fam, because <laughs> this book, Love Outside the Lines, yeah. I read it in a day and a half. Wow. I read it in a day and a half. And I have, it's tatted, <laughs> it's, I got dog ears. Um, for anybody that's not read this book or have heard of this book, um, it's called Love Outside the Lines, Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, and Preference. Um, what was your inspiration for this book? What triggered, because if you read this book, I can... Just from reading this, I can see how passionate you are when it comes to bringing in, bringing diversity. Yeah. What was the trigger for you, the catalyst? Um, so I'm going to give, like, a righteous answer and a ratchet answer. Oh, amen. <laughs> all right. I don't know how to say that different. I was trying to figure out. It's all good. So the righteous answer is, is like, this is what I'm called to. Like, I'm 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 called to be a bridge builder. That's mm-hmm. I've been that. My my parents were that. My dad was that. Um, my kids are that. Like we are. It's the call of our family to build bridges. Yeah. Um, and so that book would be my heart. Mm. Um, of what God's called me to, like, but that book ain't for you. Mm. It's not for me. No. Why? That's for white people. Okay. <laughs> well, amen. Yeah. Okay, but I will say, I will say, I understand. Let me tell you what this book did for me. But And I'm going to tell you why. Okay, go ahead. So why is for you is because you're also called to it. Okay. So when you're called to it, like, how do I have a conversation with something that frustrates me? Yeah. So I was trying to put into words how to have a conversation as a bridge builder Mm. with another party that doesn't even know that there's a gap. Yeah. Right? So when you're reading it, it's waking up stuff in you because you're like, yes. Yeah, yeah, That's what I've been trying to say. Yes. Right? Right. That's what I've been trying to do. But this is for, like, I, I, I tested my white friends, my white friend, pastor friends. They, like, you have a call of God to do this. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I feel it. Mm-hmm. That book is safe. Mm. There's a whole nother side that I have to tame the frustration and the anger and the agitation when I want to ask myself, why is it my responsibility to keep educating? That part. Yep. Like, I'm going to need you to go to class on your own. (laughs) Study and show thyself approved. Okay. And here's the deal. Like, I have, I don't care who who gets this, because this is just real me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Sean Johnson at Red Rock Church, one of my best friends in the world, like, we have these kind of conversations, but not the book one. We can have the, the frustrating one because mm-hmm. I've built relational equity. Right. So this book is how do you have those conversations when you have not built relational equity yeah. to really get and say, there's another one coming at some point. Okay. That's going to say, this is what we should really do. Right. You know, and, and, and but I, I have to write it from that heart, that righteous place. <laughs> so let me tell you what this book did for me. <laughs> When I immediately, I started reading, and I immediately felt challenged, convicted, seen, and heard all at the same time. Yeah. Um, When it comes to diversity, okay, so I'm from New York City, Mm -hmm. right? I lived, born and raised, lived my whole life in New York City. I moved here at the end of 2020. New York City is the melting pot of the world. Yes. Like, cultures, 
from everywhere. Absolutely. I'm, and the church that I was a part of, same thing. Diversity everywhere. Um, maybe not so much in the leadership roles, mm -hmm. but uh, white, black, Hispanic, Indian, Asian, Arab, Israeli, like we had 101 nationalities. Mm -hmm. And in, and our services reflected that. We would go from gospel, CCM, mm -hmm. reggae, African, Hispanic, all in one service. That without, was like the church with, I grew up in. It was not even a thought. Yeah. Right? It was not until I moved down here that I realized, no, 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 I got to backtrack. It was when George Floyd happened. Mm -hmm. No, I got to go before that. No, no, no. That that was the catalyst. When the whole situation with the whole George Floyd, um, Maude Arbery first, right? Yeah. But for whatever reason, the George Floyd murder affected me so deeply, mm -hmm. as it affected everybody in the world. It affected me so, because I'll be honest, when I heard about the Ahmad um, Aubrey. Um, murder mm -hmm. if i'm like real real it was like another another one mm -hmm. you know another one but then when the whole george floyd incident happened it was like i don't know it was like another level mm -hmm. and it affected me so much and i remember when it when it came out we were you know quarantined the church that I that I was working at at the time, um, we were all working from home, and we had a staff meeting, and nobody said anything. Uh. Nothing was said. Leadership was white. Um, we had a few um, black pastors, but nothing was said. And I remember sitting there feeling like, what the heck is going on? Are you kidding me? And, you know, churches started, like, saying stuff, you know, writing um, statements on, on social media and all the things. Um, some, not all. Mm -hmm. The leadership where I was, they took a stance of they didn't say anything for, like, a, a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And it brought up so much emotion, so much turmoil that i mean i've listen i've been through the whole racism thing mm -hmm. i've i've had my own experiences you've had your experiences but in church yeah the one place where you're supposed to feel fully accepted and heard mm -hmm. and and loved and you say nothing yeah then um we moved down here my sisters and I, we moved down here, and uh, my parents had moved here like six years ago, mm -hmm. seven years ago now, and they were coming to the church that I'm at now, and I remember, I remember they, they were talking about it, and for the first time, I felt, I don't know the behind the scenes, I don't know nothing, but all I know is it was talked about, mm -hmm. and I felt seen. Mm -hmm and heard but I did not see myself joining the ministry mm -hmm. because I was different I didn't see myself represented and I didn't hear myself either when I came on when I came on board was when I felt like Am I, am I accepted? Like, I felt so different. And it was when I started realizing the importance for diversity in worship. Because mm -hmm. I didn't see it before. But when, when you come to a different, when you come to a place where the majority is one, mm -hmm. in the book you call it tall people, short people, which I love so mm -hmm. much. When you come to a place where it's a majority tall people, 
you as a short person, you just feel like these I'm, rides are set up for tall people. Right. Yeah. So I want to ask you. I'm I'm try I feel like I'm trying to be so careful, but I want to ask you why is it important that we diversify in our churches? Particularly for the because of this podcast, I'm talking about worship. Why is it important to bring diversity in worship in church? Mm. Well, I think diversity first is is a part of the gospel message. Yeah. You know, all nations, you know, if anyone, you know, picks up his cross, like literally it doesn't, it, it's, it, it's, it's all inclusive, yeah. right? Like go and make disciples of all people. Mm-hmm. doesn't say some people, you know, um, uh, God's given us all authority to all this, to go make disciples of all nations. And I think like, like if Psalms 133 be true, that says how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. I guess like I heard people preach unity all the time. Yeah, yeah. But what they're really saying is how good and pleasant it is when you agree with me. <laughs> how good and pleasant it is yes. when you're exactly like me. Right. How good and pleasant it is when my win is your win. Right. And that's uniformity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that the word unity exists, it that means diversity has to be acknowledged. Right. Because if there was no uh uh diversity there is no the possibility of unity is not even a thing Mm -hmm. so what scripture is saying is when differences come together Mm -hmm. for the same purpose Mm -hmm. there's an anointing that gets released and then you have the authority you can command a blessing yeah yeah i mean we could go all throughout scripture just talk about you know unity yeah so if we don't understand that, that my goal is not to change you. Mm. My goal is to accept you. Yeah. Your culture and all. Yeah, yeah. And add you to the menu. That an anointing will show up that wouldn't have been possible before. Yes. Because diversity had to show up that we've never seen before. Yeah. So it's not just black and white. It's right. women, right. it's socioeconomic, it's age, it's gender, it's style, it's disability, mm-hmm. it's all of these things that are different mm-hmm. need to come together for one thing. So, so many people says, well, there's no black people in my area or mm-hmm. black church said, there's no white people in my area. How do we get diversity? Mm-hmm. Women, uh, age, uh, socioeconomic, uh, that, like we're just looking at one facet of diversity. Right. And so what I would say is, is that it's not if the church is diverse or not. Right. It's if my difference is on the menu. Mm. That's what we want to know. Like, is there a chef that looks like me? Right. If I go to a restaurant, it, is the ownership, am I on the menu? Right. Right? There's all sorts of stuff on the menu, but is my palate, is what I am, is that even considered? That's what we want to know. Right, right, right. That's what diverse people want to know. Is this a consideration? I right. mean, I, I'm uh, good friends with Joe Butler. He's the founder of Ability Tree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he goes to our church. And, and his passion is for children who are disabled to have a, uh, a way into church. Yeah. To have... That's diversity. Yeah, yeah. And he's saying, is this important? Right. How is this not important? And so he, you know, his, his son has some challenges, some development, developmental challenges, and it became a passion to him. Yeah. And now, I love him. Like, we, we are, we're complete opposite, but yet we're after the same thing. Right. Diversity. Right. Now, I'm black. hmm I woke up black. <laughs> I was black yesterday. I'm going to be black tomorrow. And there is a cultural experience of church that is not emotional. Yeah. It's not extra. It's not uh, uh, just to be tolerated. Mm-hmm. It's not an organ. It's not, it, it, when you understand the origin of 
a controlled people group yeah. who could not, who could only talk right. when they were allowed to. See, my, my grandma picked cotton. Mm. Like, my dad drank from colored only water fountains. Yeah. We're only removed from this, Facts. a generation removed from this, two generations removed from this. Right. And, and so church was the only place that we felt dignified. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to dress up because mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. And the language of or the liberation of oppression is culturally Negro spirituals. Yeah. It's culturally hymns. It's culturally total praise. It's culturally, I, I see God different. Yeah. Because I've been in chains. Yeah. So when we sing no longer chains mm-hmm. or no longer slaves, it means something different right. to me than it means to somebody who's never been or generationally hasn't experienced that. Right. Are you with me? Yes. So now we start talking about cultural expression. Right. Like having the Hispanic guy on the worship team is not diversity. Having the black guy on the worship team is not diversity. Yes, God. That's called church affirmative action. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. But having Ivory on the worship team and making space for her to express to God what freedom looks like mm-hmm. and liberation looks like, mm-hmm. realizing that there are ivories all over the church who identify with that. And now they're not pointing towards ivory. This always speaks back to the insecurity. It speaks back to everything. They're saying, man, heaven is coming to earth at our church because our church has allowed an expression and has made room for an expression that may not uh, in particular be theirs, Mm -hmm. but now it's ours Mm -hmm. because Ivory is acknowledged as a part of the family Mm. who, you know, brings a dish and now something's on the menu that wouldn't ordinarily be on the menu unless Mm -hmm. she showed up. Mm -hmm. And now I have to make room for that. Yeah. The Western system of church is difficult to make room for that. Mm. Because multi-site or growth is a carbon copy of the main thing. Yeah. So if the main campus doesn't have room for that, right. it, it's hard to get it through. Right. Now, there are some real challenges. Yeah. Right? Like, our music, mm-hmm. they can play. Mm-hmm. Play, play. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there's no chord chart. <laughs> right. Right? They, most of the musicians play by ear. Right. Right? And so how do I now duplicate that? Right. At every campus. Right, right. How do I, I don't know what the answer is, maybe. but let's explore it. Yes, I was, <laughs> was going to say maybe like, no, please, maybe hire more people that are yeah. proficient Absolutely. in that. In teaching. In, in teaching. Okay, I feel like there are so many avenues. You, you. I said some stuff right there. You did, bruh. You did. And now I'm like, okay, say la, let's rewind and go back. You touched on what I feel like stereotypes to why some churches are afraid to bring in other bring in other cultures in the worship experience. Like it's emotional. Um, what was the other thing you said? Uh it's extra. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard that said about let's say gospel music, for instance. Yeah. That there's a stereotype that gospel music is it's not worshipful. <laughs> it's entertainment, it's entertainment, mm-hmm. it's not worship. And that CCM, Christian Contemporary Music, which tends to lean towards white, mm-hmm. that that is more worshipful. 
What do you say to that? I would say, who's the judge? Mm. So I would say, I'm not an expert on being white because I ain't white. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm pretty proficient at being black because mm-hmm. I've woken up black mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for 49 years. Right. So what I see as worship is what I see as worship. Yeah. And that's my experience. What my white friends or Hispanic friends or Asian friends see as worship is their experience Mm -hmm. because that's all they've been exposed to, right? Now, we have a responsibility to educate without attitude. That part. Right? Because if you're forcing something, then you're... It goes all the way back to what we first started talking about. Then really you're talking out of your insecurity. Yeah. Not the kingdom of God coming to earth. So what I love about our church is that I have built relational equity mm-hmm. to educate on what my experience is. Yeah. And has been. Yeah. Because like our wins are different then because we can leave a service and be like, oh man, that service was amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> um, where <laughs> I didn't feel anything right right and and I have to enter the service with the responsibility of but am I is my receptors open to change mm. my worship receptors right my anointing receptors right. my I've never said this before my my we had church receptors mm. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so yeah. I have to keep that in check because I can only I can sometimes have an appetite for just what I want. Yeah. And miss God. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, so we, yeah. So both I even hate to even say sides, but both sides have responsibility. Yeah. No matter the side it is. Right. Young, old, rich, poor, black, white, yeah, Hispanic, whatever the side it is. It has a responsibility to be open to a different expression. And not call what your palate is the anointing. I feel like black people are very, like, we are guilty of that. Absolutely well. we are. Like. I am. <laughs> we had church. We had church. What is having church? <laughs> okay, let, let, let's stay here for a second. I grew up in an all-black church. Yeah. Uh, well, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I went to some as a God church, mm-hmm. not all black, mm-hmm. all white. Right. And then our, my mom and dad's church we grew up in was, it was 50-50. And then as we, we grew, it became predominantly African-American. Right. There is not a Sunday that my mom or dad would not say, oh my God, we <laughs> had church. They're saying that and I thought the service was awful. Oh, wow. Right? Because I had this evangelism evangelistic calling me. How do you say we had church and nobody got saved? Mm. What they're saying is, is, oh, I'm satisfied. I ate good today. I am so glad that just what I needed was on the menu because, woo, this is absolutely amazing. Oh, my God. My stomach is so full. Full of everything you want. Did God move? Yeah. Was the presence of God strong? Yeah. But it's crazy that church people left full and no empty people got saved. We had a service. We didn't have church. There is, like, I don't even know what to say to that. Because, because I'm literally sitting thinking about all the times that I've said we had church. It's real. And I'm like, why, did, why would I say that? And you're exactly right. Because we fed my preference. Here's what's going to be hard about this podcast. You ready? <laughs> Go ahead. You're going to clip it up. <laughs> And they got to see the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Because this might need to be a clip right here. You can't clip this up without the context. Right. 
of everything we've talked about. Right. Because it will cause you to say, you, I told y'all, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, sis, not to you. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, bro, if you're listening, <laughs> what I'm saying is your church is specialty. Mm. It's not buffet. And the only people that come to your church are the people that like exactly what you like. And what I'm saying now, sir, is that this is not the Great Commission. You are fishing in an aquarium. Wow. You are fishing for fish that are already caught. Wow. That's weird. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I want to, okay, I want to ask you this question, because in the book you talk about, I think I dog-eared it, um, you talk about the kingdom, your, the uh, kingdom culture, Christ's kingdom, uh, your, your culture being subculture, subculture, to the, to, culture to the kingdom culture. Yeah. Let me tell you why that bothered me. Yes, please. <laughs> And I had I had to go before the Lord. You with wrestled that. with this one. You should have <laughs> called me. I wrestled with it, sir, because I'm just gonna Yeah, keep, keep it, keep it a hundred. Keep it a hundred. A lot of times I would hear white pastors or leaders say that. Mm-hmm. And I would feel a type of way because it felt like what you're saying is. I felt like they were diminishing me, mm-hmm. my culture, where I come from. And as a black person, in this world, we are always diminished. Absolutely. We are always belittled. We are always made to feel like we ain't anything. Yep. So now in church, I come to church, and you, as a white man, is telling me, once again, that my culture doesn't matter. Yes. That's what I hear. I got you. But when I read it, I had to come to terms with the fact that it is correct. It's scriptural. It is scriptural. Yeah. But I'm triggered. Yeah. And I have to go to God with that trigger. Absolutely. Can you can you give us some more on that? Yeah. So... As I said, I'm black, mm-hmm. right? Ethnically, and I, I, I'm not. I got there's people that that, that know the struggle way more than me, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like God has blessed me. My life is decent. Like I, I love what I've built and mm-hmm. what I've get to be a part of and right. all that. But you know, I have, there's an experience ethnically, yeah, right? Like I need lotion. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like I can't, I can't get out. I don't need sunscreen. Right, you right, know what right. I'm saying like, um, uh. You know, I my my sisters can't wash their hair every day. Right. Like there's just stuff ethnically that's right. real. That's all like I love being black. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I love being me. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm wondering at times, is being me being me? Mm. Or is being me being black? I'm me. Right? Yeah. Like my idiosyncrasies, the way I talk, the way I walk, the way I view life. Yeah. The way I'm asking myself these questions yeah. when I'm writing this book. Yeah. So what I could say is your person culture is a subculture to the kingdom culture. Mm. And you wouldn't be offended. Right. No right. one would be. Right. Right? But you say ethnic now, and you're like, I can say it because I know the struggle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think everybody should say that statement. Right. They should read it. Right. <laughs> but what they have to ask themselves, is their appetite my style culture or the kingdom culture? Mm. Is my call to have a CCM church or an African-American church? Or is that just style? Right. What I'm saying about kingdom is the kingdom trumps all of that. All of that. Like, 
and of his kingdom there shall be no end. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Mm-hmm. Like, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. Jesus embodied the kingdom. He didn't embody style. He was bringing heaven to earth. And I think what we have done is put the means in which it's happened as the thing that's happening. The church is just the conduit. The way I do it is just the conduit. So when I'm saying our kingdom culture trumps our ethnic culture, what I'm saying in Christ, we are all creations. What I'm saying is scriptural of we are brothers and sisters. We are citizens. In Galatians, uh, in Christ, there can be no division of Jew or non-Jew, male or female. Above all, we are one in Christ Jesus. What I'm saying is, is I'm not going to not acknowledge who I am that makes us one. But again, me acknowledging who I am ethnically and the and Isaiah acknowledging who he is ethnically mm-hmm. in us coming together makes us one family. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be one color to be family. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is, is the, the kingdom is bigger and more important than the way I want to clap on the one or the two or the three or the four, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's more important. And what you what trick what I feel like what triggers us in those statements, because you ain't the only one. Mm-hmm. I'm triggered every time I say it, <laughs> hoping that somebody else don't say it. <laughs> that would diminish, yeah. As as use that as like a tool, right? To say no, stay in your place, right? Or an excuse or not an excuse. to bring in diversity, not to, yeah. So you have to have the mindset that diversity is kingdom. Yeah. You have to have the mindset that differences, you know, one body, many parts. You've got to have the mindset. That Jesus went, he stopped avoiding Samaria and went to Samaria in John chapter 4. Like, there was value in that Samaritan woman. Right, right. And then that conversation defines worship. One day, there's going to be people who worship in spirit and in truth. The truth of who they are. Yeah. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Democrat, Republican. That's truth. But one day it's going to be more about the spirit, mm-hmm. the kingdom. That whole passage of scripture is a resolution mm-hmm. to racism. Yeah. They show up at a well. It's crazy how Jesus saw value in her to ask her for a drink. Yeah. Redeeming the colored water fountains. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and then she's like, you, you, you don't have, this well is deep. This pain is deep. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to stick around long enough to have this conversation? You have nothing to draw with. Do you have the capacity to hold my humanity? Mm. That you Jews, you Samaritans, you worship this way. We worship this way. Jesus doesn't say that his way is the right way or the Jew way. He says one day when he is redeemed, when he redefines, when sacrifice as the land, one day we going to worship yeah. with the kingdom and the truth of who we are. Yeah. Who messes that conversation up? The disciples, the church people. Yeah. And Jay come back and is like, yo, Jesus, you hungry? He's like, you don't understand my food. My food, my appetite is not the way I want it. My appetite is to do the will of him who sent me. Yikes, yeah. I'm preaching right here. Yes, you are. (laughs) Disciples always messing up diversity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, all right. So I'm going to throw in uh, devil's advocate. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the question that I, I really would love for you to answer. So when it comes to, we say kingdom culture, mm-hmm. right? Kingdom sound, kingdom, because it affects everything in our yeah, lives. So absolutely. kingdom worship, right? As a, as a worship leader, I'm always thinking um, along those lines. Like, what is kingdom sound? What does kingdom worship look like? And so someone might say, all right, well, if it's about kingdom, 
if kingdom culture, if our culture is subculture to kingdom culture, then why do we why do we need to diversify in our worship? Why is it important to because it's not about your culture, that culture, their culture. But then, it's that, one culture. But the one culture is the embodiment of all. So I don't even think you're playing devil's advocate. I think you're just defining it. Okay. It is everything. Yeah. And like praise him on the trumpet. Praise him on the timbrel. Praise him on the let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's kingdom. All of those different things is praise. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to say this, but like that is kingdom. Yeah, yeah. What we're saying is, is the kingdom embodies us all. It embodies the uniqueness of every culture. It embodies the sound. It embodies the expression. Man, I feel like one of my good, you know, spiritual sons is Nigerian. When he prays, I feel like God hears him better. You know, it's just like he's got an anointing to pray. And it's like, man, if we, how many, you know, Nigerians or Africans or, or in our churches that, we haven't heard them pray. Yeah. It touches heaven. Yeah. I feel like, and, and I'm, we the same tone of skin. Mm -hmm. I think I might even be darker. <laughs> but that's kingdom. Yeah. It's kingdom. It's, 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 the, the, the kingdom is the United Nations. It's all of us. It's, it's every tribe, nation, and tongue. It's, it's receptivity. It's love. It's seeking to understand. It's, it, and here's the problem, like, the goal, our goal may never be reached, but it should always, uh, it should always be our pursuit to achieve it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we'll see the kingdom fully on earth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. but the embodiment of that is, is Stephen and Ivory and Micaiah and Isaiah, and it's all of it. Mm -hmm. And... I think when that happens outside of church, relationally, yeah, it then can happen in an amazing way in a service. Yeah. You talk about, in the book, I want to just read this. I hope that comes across right. Like, I, I feel that. Like, no, I feel it's, yeah. So there's a chapter, chapter two, um, family discussions. And... There, okay, so I just, I just want to read this. The first thing we usually realize, uh, you're talking about the importance of the family, the, the body of Christ coming together and talking. Yes. And I feel like that is what's missing. Yes. Um, you said, and you were, you were talking about how in your family, you guys have family discussions and you have rules behind those um, family discussions. Um, and in this line, it says, because the first key to having a successful family discussion is getting to the point where we can listen to someone else's perspective and pain without getting defensive. Mm -hmm. The first step is to be able to listen without judging or justifying. Mm -hmm. And I think I wrote this in my journal. Um, I feel like a lot of times some churches, because they just you know, it's the thing to do. We have to, we have to diversify. You remember like yeah. after George Floyd now, yeah. you have to find a black person and uh, hire a black person. That's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we got to fill the quota. Yeah. Um, on my job, like my, the owner of the company literally said that in a meeting, he said, well, I guess we filled the quota, Wow. the racial quota. And I remember sitting there like, God, do I swat him right. now <laughs> or later? But like, so uh, so I feel like sometimes churches will, you know, in an effort to appease, mm -hmm. they will try to find the solution without coming to coming to the table and actually talking first. Yes. You try to you try to bring a solution, but you have no idea what the why is. And when I read this, I'm like, we need to sit down and talk. If we if if churches could come together like music ministries, worship ministries can come together and have a conversation about why why is it important to bring in a B3 Hammond? Mm -hmm. Why is it important to maybe sing 
some songs that is normally sung in black churches mm-hmm. or Spanish churches. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why is the resistance? Why is there resistance? Why do we feel some type of way? What is it that rises? Why can't we just talk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we don't talk. Yeah. I think because it's not a conviction yet. Like, diversity has to be a conviction. It has to show up in our hearts before it shows up on the stage. Like, the questions are, does my heart break for the things that breaks the heart of God? Yeah. Period. And if people aren't willing to go on that journey, like, just don't. Yeah. Don't put somebody on the stage because it fills a quota. I would just rather just be all Hispanic, all black, all white. Like, until it shows up here, we shouldn't try to force it there. Yeah. Like, and I think that, I think that, like, the world, again, culture dictates what the church does. And, you know, I, I, I would rather, I would rather someone be authentically themselves than try to be me because they feel like they have to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think we're on, like, it's a deep, it's a deep issue. You know, I'm sitting in the car, it's the end of that book, with a white friend here moving to West Palm Beach, and... And he saw it firsthand. You know, I went to a tile store to pick out tile for my kitchen, and lady just ignored me the whole time and uh, wanted to only show me the cheaper tile. And I didn't say anything. Mm. I just watched him. Mm. You know, and I don't know what he felt about it before then, but we got in the car, and I looked over, and he's like, got tears coming down his face. And he's like, I didn't know it was a thing. Mm. And he said, uh, you think it'll ever change? And I said, honestly, no, but I'm going to die trying. Mm. So it's like, it's a conviction. Like everything we're talking about, until it's a conviction, don't do it. Yeah. I'd just rather just go to a shorter service. Yeah. I'd rather just clap on a one and a three. I'd rather just be good with you saying we had church. Yeah. You said a lot. (laughs) Yeah. That's real. What would you say, and I'm wrapping wrapping it up, but what would you, Actually, before before that, there was a story in the book that you that you told is literally like the last chapter about um, an older white gentleman that you were. I think you guys were hiking Mm -hmm. and he talked about the there was a tree in the community. He was trying to bring diversity in in his church and community. Mm -hmm. And there was a tree that um, was known for Uh hangings of black people. And an older woman went to the pastor and mm-hmm. said, you need to get rid of this tree. They got rid of the tree, mm-hmm. but the stump was still there. Mm-hmm. And I, you never finished the story, but I'm just wondering if you know, because I think the the way you ended it was there was a stump, but it hadn't really like brought more black people to the church, yeah. I think. And you encouraged him to get rid of the stump. Yeah. What do you do you know whatever happened? I don't. Mm. And because the point of that story is the roots of racism, hate, sin are so deep. Yeah. And the only way that I can tell that you dealt with them is that you grew another tree. Like, to redeem the tree of life. Yeah. And this is heart work. Yeah. This is inner soul work. Yeah. Like, 
I want to see fruit. Yeah. But we can only see fruit. It is going to sound preachy, but if we deal with the root. So the, the moral of that story is, is what's the use of cutting down the tree if you're not going to deal with your heart? I don't know about you, but like I feel the weightiness of, like I feel the weight yeah. right now. I do too. I could cry. No, like, like right literally, now. I can see it on your face. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pain there. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I can see that. Exhausted. This is real. Pick up your cross, diet it to yourself every day. Yeah. Especially here in South Florida. Yes. It's real. It is very real. And I didn't realize it until coming down here. Um, I wonder if you would pray for us. If you would pray, I don't even know what, I just feel like we need to pray. Yeah, I <laughs> Um, Whatever you feel, I don't even want to tell you what to pray for. Like, whatever mm. you feel led to pray about, would you just pray? Yeah. Let me see what I feel led to. It's hard to pray when you want to quit. That's facts. That is fact. Because I do fear the Lord. Yeah. And I know that he just going to call me right back to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Before you before you pray though, cuz cuz now you just <laughs> Yeah. I think that's why a lot of I feel like there was a, a uh, an exodus of black people out of the black church to come to white churches because the mess the the word seemed more solid, mm-hmm. right? But then they didn't hear themselves or see themselves, so then there was another exodus out of like white churches back to black churches because of the music, because of the worship. And sometimes I feel like we've gotten so exhausted with trying to fight and persuade and convince to just put a little bit of other people in that we just give up and go, Mm -hmm. just go back to our preference. I don't even know why I said that. But. No, you said it because you can't quit when it's a conviction. So what do we do? You got to keep what Jesus do. This is the hard part. Like, Scripture don't give us a pass. It we keep dying to ourselves every day. Yeah. We keep dying our attitudes. We keep dying to our... And I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off because I'm talking to me right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, we can't take our kickball and go home. Yeah. You know, we can't... <laughs> Just, you know, go back to segregation. You know, like, every day I got to pick up this cross and carry it, especially when it's a calling. Yeah. Every day. Every day I got to turn the other cheek. Every day I got to forgive somebody who doesn't ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Every day I got to kill this flesh of mine that wants to just give up. Yeah. Every day. That's the solution. Mm. Humble myself and pray. Yeah. So the weightiness of, if you're watching this, is like, is it going to get better? Yes. They're going <laughs> it. It's going to be better. <laughs> We're going to do this. There's going to be churches that have the full kingdom expression in their worship services. Hmm. There's going to be pastors who have a heart for diversity. There's going to be heaven showing up to earth in our services and in our cities, and revival is going to come not to the church, but to the city through the church. Yeah. It's going to happen. I'm going to speak those things that are not as if they already are. Yeah. And I'm going to believe it and not try to be sarcastic because I, I have to. Yeah. And I really want to. Yeah. And when you have mixed children, yeah. You want to. Yeah. Father, help us. Yes, God. Help us die to ourselves. Help us not be insecure. Help us to not have our own agenda, but the kingdom agenda. Yes, God. God, we, we, we repent for filtering the kingdom. Mm. Through our hurts, through our habits, through our hangups, through our <sighs> sin. Yes, God. Father, we want worship to be about our lifestyle before it's ever about our, or through our lyrics. Yes, God. 
Help us, Holy Spirit, to leave things better than when we showed up. Help us not to be judgmental. Yeah. But to have compassion and empathy and a conviction to change it. Help us be agents of change. Amen. Amen. That's it. Woo. That was a long conversation. How long it, was that? It, how long? Yeah. That's it? I swore it was I two. It was two. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> um for those of you that are watching, these are the this is these are the real conversations. Like this is the the off mic conversations. Yep. This is the real, the raw, the honest, the transparent um, conversations. That's what this podcast is about. So I hope that you were ministered to. I hope that you were encouraged, challenged, convicted. Um, Pastor Jimmy. Yeah. Where can we find you? What are you doing anything new? I know you said you're yeah. possibly writing a new book. Like um, we got a we took we're writing a marriage book right now. Uh they gotta turn the manuscript into January. It'll come out next fall. Okay. Uh two equals one dot com is our website. Spell it out. Um I am Jimmy Rollins on social media. Irene Rollins on social media. Um loveoutsidethelines.com. Yep. Um and uh yeah, come to come to church, right? If you're in South Florida, come to CF, come see us. Um man. Y'all go get this, this book. This is real. Get this book. Get this book. Get this book. Um uh let's see, what do I usually say? <laughs> yeah, this was a lot, but uh listen, I hope y'all enjoyed it. I really have nothing else to say. Uh, until next time, do see. Absolutely.